Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody out there in the iTunes world. Welcome to another episode of Broadway Breakdown. Uh, yet another My Obsession episode. I am your co-host, Matt Koplick. With me today is uh, a wonderful, newsy, Bronx Taylor feline uh, friend of mine from web series Gone Past, Mr. Josh Burridge. Hello, Josh. Hello. Do you prefer Josh or Joshua? Honestly, either works, you know, I usually get Joshua when I'm in trouble with my mom, but I also feel like as I'm getting older, I am falling into the more Joshua world. Do you, do you watch Friends? Have you ever watched Friends? I actually don't, which is weird because everybody's watched Friends. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I keep forgetting how young you are. You're, you're young. So Friends was like a little before your time. Um, But I mean, it was on Netflix for a while, but there's a character named Joshua that Rachel dates and everyone tries to call him Josh and she goes, mm-mm, Joshua, Joshua. So that's- I actually have heard about that. Have you? Yes. So, I mean, you're that, you know, everyone tries to call you Josh, like me, and you're like, mm-mm, Joshua. Actually, it's Joshua. How are you getting through uh, the quarantine? Um, I'm trying to stay as busy as possible, you know, eating food a lot, mm-hmm. shows, um, exercising as much as I can. Taking- How do you exercise? Um, I actually don't ever run, but we have a treadmill in our basement. And so I've been like doing that, which has been very different for how I usually like to exercise. But, you know, how do you usually exercise? Uh, I guess like I do other, you know, like I dance a lot and lift weights and Mm. that fun stuff. Um, That's right. Josh is a dancer first. (laughs) We would never forget that everybody. Josh, what? So first of all, I met you through our dear friend, Miss Caitlin Frank. Hi, Caitlin. You two met on the Newsies tour. Yes, we did. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Newsies, I mean, it's mostly scene work, but every now and then there's a little bit of dance to it. Uh, would you say that's about accurate about Newsies? Yeah, I think it's it's basically a play with a few, they'll add a few dance numbers into that. But Yeah, it's very mover friendly. Yes. So what was probably the m- most fun part of doing Newsies, like in the show? And then what was one of the more challenging parts of the show? Like, was there a specific moment that each time you're like, here's comes my Everest? Yeah, uh, Seize the Day was definitely like, okay, here we go. Thankfully, it was the last 
number of act ones. So we mm-hmm. knew that there was intermission after, but th- it was pretty tough. And it was one of those numbers that really didn't, maybe you got our stamina up, but it didn't really ever get really easier. Like it was always mm-hmm. pretty difficult, especially like the last show of the week. Yeah. You know, you're pretty exhausted after a five show weekend. But um, I think also the, it was incredible having like all my best friends on stage and it was always such a teamwork kind of feel. Um, so that definitely helped push through all of the craziness. That de- that definitely helps. Uh, I mean, you Newsies boys and girls, you all stick together. It's like once you've done the show, it's like blood. Absolutely. <laughs> we immediately become family. And you guys did the film too, right? Yeah. Um, at our last like three weeks on tour, um, they captured the film throughout a week. And then we did a live performance at the end. And it's available mm-hmm. on Netflix and Disney Plus and all that fun stuff. Which, so as a former Newsy, did you get a year free for Disney Plus? Unfortunately, no. But they did give us a copy of the, of the film. Okay. So that's something. Yeah. I think... So, they're generous. I, I think it's a little rude. I mean, we can cut this out because Disney's always watching. I think it's a little rude to have you do Seize the Day five times a row in a weekend and then not give you Disney Plus for one year. I'm just saying. You know, I'm, I never really did think about that, but like now that you're mentioning it, I, <laughs> I maybe could come back with that. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm like, I'm thinking about your well-being here, Josh. I'm jo- sorry, Joshua. I'm thinking about your yes. well-being here. So, okay, full disclosure, Josh has been on a web series of mine that I used to do, and on it, he said that a show that he really wanted to do was Cats. Three months later. Josh made Joshua made his Broadway debut in what show? Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything? Is there any like subtext in certain songs that you can tell us about that maybe audiences wouldn't pick up on, but the cast totally knows about? Like, oh yeah, in this song, everyone is supposed to be feeling this sort of way or that sort of way. Um, I guess I don't know. Cats is pretty like, <laughs> even though it's not straightforward, it kind of is. But, you know, every time Grizabella enters, which, but it's pretty apparent, everybody's, everyone's like, we don't like you, we don't understand you, we don't know you. Do they tell you why, like, you don't like her? Is it just because she's old? Um, well, she, uh, I guess this is something that people don't really know. She betrayed the tribe, their cat's tribe, and, um, she went off with McCavity, and, um, and kind of it's been passed down that she's, we don't like her because, because of that, so um so every time she does come in everyone's like the kittens are scared or people you know are hissing at her because mm-hmm. they don't understand her like her happy with her choices with her cho- the choices she's made her in life her life choices she made um so that's not something that the movie made up that's something that was that subtext that's actually in the show then that she went off with McCavity. yeah uh which i think it was cool that the movie could do that it was could you know dive deeper than the yeah. cats cool is a word that some have used to describe that movie. Um, is that a cool. word I would use? I don't know. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow color. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. Let's move along because we've got we've got a whole big subject to talk about. Do we not, Joshua? We do, certainly. Yes. Uh, Joshua has an obsession to share with us, y'all. Uh, Joshua, take the floor for a minute. What is your obsession? And how did you come to find this obsession? Yes. Um, so um, my obsession is the one and only Shrek the Musical. 
Yes, the one um, and only. And, oh, the one and only. Um, it was kind of a weird obsession. Um, I saw the show, I think when I was like 13, and I remember just, I left the theater and I was like, oh my God, that was incredible. Um, and I eventually saw it again with my, da- or my dance studio yet. Um, and I remember just coming home and downloading the album and watching videos or performances online and kind of going crazy about it. Um, and I really couldn't pinpoint at first, like why I, you know, that show out of all of them mm-hmm. was the one that I was really into, but I don't know. It just like the music and the humor and the cast was incredible. I don't know. It just, <laughs> I was attached. You, 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 well, that's the thing about obsessions. You can't really put a, um, What's the word I'm looking for? You can't put a logical reasoning behind it. You can sort of deconstruct it later on, but you connect to stuff, you know? It's chemical. Yeah, it's chemical. Were you familiar with the movie before you had seen the show? Oh, yes. I think that was a big thing, too, was I was familiar with the characters, um, and I think they just did a really good job of bringing that to the stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what is the song that... Okay, so no, 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 sorry, no, no, we're not gonna go deep into it yet. Let's let's do Shrek for dummies. Joshua, what is Shrek about for those who do not know? Yes, Shrek is about this ogre who is sent um, away by his parents at the age of seven. So he's basically um, living his life alone since he was a kid. Um, and along the way, he meets um, some other misfit characters um, that are kind of going through the same thing as he is, um, and eventually meets this princess, Fiona, who uh, she ha- was also sent away into a tower by her family, so they have that in common. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a love dynamic in there, um, and because of that, do you want me to reveal things? Like, Yeah, for, yeah. okay, so first of all, the musical is based off of a 19-year-old movie. The musical itself <laughs> has been around for over a decade. Like, if you if you need a spoiler attached to this, you know expletive warning you can go fuck yourself that's like asking for a you know a spoiler on the lion king mufasa dies like if you needed a spoiler warning go fuck yourself sorry continue give spoilers oh yes um and basically uh because of a curse made on fiona um after a certain hour she turns into uh an ogre um and there's this other little (laughs) Lord Farquaad character who um, also is trying to marry Fiona. Well, that's um, how Shrek comes to find Fiona. Exactly. Yes, um, oh, yes. how, does, how does that happen? You're doing a really I, shitty job, Josh. I know. There's so much plot, you know? Yes. And you also forgot about all the fairy tale characters. Oh, well, like, Jesus, boy. Like, fairy tale, fairy tale characters are sent off to his land. Um, and that's why Shrek goes to Lord Farquaad. Because Lord Farquaad sent them there, and um, Lord Farquaad sends Shrek to go fetch Fiona from her dragon-ridden tower, mm-hmm. um, and saves her. And and uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yes, Josh did on a scale of one to ten. That was probably a six. Uh, yes, oh. you, you you got all the backstory correct and all that good stuff. It takes place in a land of fairy tales. So like every fairy tale you've ever yeah. known, speaking of Disney, they're all there. Pinocchio, yep. three, uh, three Little Pigs, uh, Three Blind Mice, 
Goldilocks and Three Bears. Exactly. Yeah. All those people. Gingerbread Man. And they all get banished by the tyrannical Lord Farquaad. And they get sent basically to uh, Shrek's swamp. And he tries to get rid of them. So he goes to Lord Farquaad to get them out of his swamp. And Lord Farquaad wants to become a king. So he has to marry a princess. Yeah. As you said, there's a lot of plot. It's a lot of plot. Uh, and he you gets, know what I'm writing too, you know? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm having a little trouble here, but I'm doing a little better than you are. Oh, you are um, better. <laughs> and sends Shrek to rescue his princess that he intends to marry, which is Fiona. And Fiona does have a curse on herself where she turns into an ogre every night. And she needs to marry, she needs to marry Lord Farquaad before sunset. So that way she can remain a beautiful princess that don't happen. She falls in love with Shrek all as well. And there's a donkey. There's a sidekick donkey. Like a donkey, yeah. Yes, it's all well and good. So, have you watched or listened to the musical since your childhood? Oh, absolutely. They put it on Netflix, and um, from time to time, I'll just put it on. That's They did indeed put it on Netflix. So, because I am very dedicated to this pod and to making sure that I'm up to date and current with my guests, I did watch Shrek the Musical on Netflix this weekend. <laughs> Incredible. Well, so I never saw it on Broadway. I knew the movie. I was obsessed with the movie. And I had listened to I Know It's Today when it when the show was coming to Broadway because they released like sort of a sampler CD. And mm-hmm. they said, you know, here's a couple of songs we got. And I listened to I Know It's Today, which is F- Princess Fiona's introduction song. We'll, we'll get into all the details later because I will say the score, the score slaps. The score is good (laughs) well it's janine desori and janine desori don't do bad you know the woman who wrote fun home and carolina change was not going to do us dirty with shrek and (laughs) uh but so i that's all i really knew and then i had to review the cast album a few years ago uh for my editor and i was like this is surprisingly good so i watched the netflix thing on friday no saturday yeah, Saturday. And I, t- I took down some notes while I watched it. So we'll get into all of that in a second. Oh, great. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> when you listen to the show, to the cast album, what is the, do you listen to it all the way through? Or do you like go to specific songs? I definitely used to listen to it all the way through. Um, now I like to once in a while throw on a few, through my, a few of my favorites. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like Love Don't Let Me Go, you know. Which one's that? Oh, that's the donkey song? Yeah. Okay. Um, you had Big, Bright, Big Bright Beautiful World. That's a... There's so many, there's so many good songs. I think actually now I, I need to just listen to it all the way through and relive all of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, so are there things that maybe as you are older and wiser now, since you're out of your childhood, are there things that maybe you look back on with the show and you think to yourself, oh, that might not be as like strong an aspect of the show as I once thought? Yes, maybe sometimes even the entire thing. (laughs) 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 It truly is one of those things. I miss actually, you know, seeing shows through that light where you're not, you know, critiquing things. And, you know, anything as a kid, you see everything like, Everything is just the best and exciting, um, which I think was definitely something with this show that I, why I was obsessed was because I just was seeing everything as good and great and 
exciting, which there are a lot of great aspects, but there are, are definitely a lot of pieces of the show that I'm like, oh, maybe if I saw this now, I would. Oh, you and I were very different children, Joshua. <laughs> Seven-year-old Matt Koplik sat at Lion King and went, no. Were you aware of Sutton Foster before you had seen Shrek? Oh, yes. Um, so I grew up in competitive dance world, and we did a lot of, like, theater. Actually, I feel like I knew a lot of my original, like, theater knowledge from, you know, dancing to music from shows. And sure. um, one of the, my dance studio did a bunch of, number, uh, a bunch of dance numbers from Thoroughly Modern Millie and um, I feel like a few shows that had Sutton Foster in it. So I, had, mm-hmm. I was aware of her in um definitely knew who she was when i saw the show yeah you so you knew to bow down when you saw the show absolutely i lowered my head <laughs> i did not raise it until she bowed that is <laughs> that is the exact correct response i yeah let's you know what let's 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 go through this show i as i said i watched it this weekend and i took some notes and will we will i'm gonna share it with you my notes and i want your uh, answers to them as someone who is more in depth with this musical than I am. <laughs> Great. Um, so where is it? Oh, so we begin with the origin story. So something that the film doesn't do, the original movie Shrek doesn't do, is it doesn't really give any indication of where Shrek came from. He, we, when the movie starts, we just sort of uh, see him as he is, and we don't get to know any history of him. Mm-hmm. So that's something I liked about the musical was that they gave us a little bit about that backstory. Like you said, he's seven. And in the ogre world, tradition is the kid gets kicked out and he has right. to go off on his own. And it's both funny and a little sad. It uh, is. It, it breaks your heart, but also in the music, it's, I mean, it's pretty comical how they do it. But Yeah, because they open it because uh, it's his birthday and they said, you know, you're seven. And they go, now it's time for you to go away. And they blow... Um, what are those things called? Like little what? what? Yeah, what are they called? It's like when you blow them on New Year's or for birthdays. Yeah. They're like little yeah, woo, uh, <laughs> party blowers. I don't party, know. That sounds dirty. Neighbors. There's something. Yeah. Um, and the whole song, the the joke of the song, but it's it's a double-edged sword. The joke of the song. So the song is "Bright Beautiful World," which Josh had earlier mentioned he loves. And the joke mm-hmm. of the song is that the parents tell the ogre tell Shrek, it's a big, bright, beautiful world out there, but not for you. Mm-hmm. And the audience laughs. And I'm, I was sitting there going, that's a dark message for a children's musical because it, it's a reflection on injustice and double standards in the world, especially in America and in our society. And we're very much seeing this now in the lockdown with COVID, just like how the world is not created equally or the world is created equal for everyone. But over time, all of our societies have like made it difficult for certain demographics. Yeah, absolutely. And Shrek, the musical definitely like touches (laughs) on that a little bit. And I was like, okay, Shrek talking about injustice in society and uh, corruption in our, you know, economic and sociological structures. Uh, <laughs> were you aware of this at 13? Yeah, they, they do. It, I was not. But this, you're... Is, this, this is something that definitely, like, other, you know, 
something that you learn when you get older, like viewing things differently. Yeah. And, but what did you, was there a moment when you came back to it? You're like, Oh damn, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. I think even a few years later, I was like, Oh, okay. Oh yeah. This is maybe watching it on Netflix for the first time. I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's hardcore. That was deeper meaning than I thought. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes, and it comes back. Like they bring it back a bunch. Um, yeah. If there's one thing I will say that I don't like about, not necessarily the musical, but the original Broadway production as I watched it on Netflix was that they were so, so even though it's fairy tales, it's not a Disney musical. Disney did not produce Shrek the movie. They did not produce the musical. That's something very important to know, guys. Um, yes. Because really? the original movie was very careful to not directly quote or reference any Disney films for fear of like copywriting and lawsuits. <laughs> so like they never actually quote anything that's not directly from a fairy tale. And it's why you don't see Beauty and the Beast and the Little Mermaid and Aladdin in those, um, in that original movie and in the stage show. But because it's not Disney, it's DreamWorks, they tried very hard to compete with the likes of The Lion King and Mary Poppins and Beauty and the Beast. So it's very big it's a big big spectacle that show yes the, ori- the original is yeah and they have this turntable that i like would often pause and rewind just to like try to get an idea of how it worked do you remember this turntable yeah oh yeah well they used it too like at one point in one of the numbers it's like only half the stage so mm-hmm. i don't know it's like is, it, is this just a treadmill or are they is it a full turntable is it it's like it's like a five-part turntable i want to say because it like it's sort of um did you see groundhog day when that was on broadway oh yeah yeah it's similar to that where it's like it's a big turntable like five more inside of it so like you can stand on one part of the turntable while the rest of it moves and you stay still but yeah but everybody else will turn around you or like nothing else is moving or seems to be moving but like you're weirdly like moving forward like they do that with um Fiona's tower at one point yeah it is it does run even in the very beginning how like all of the when the parents are going away but he's walking another way and it, mm-hmm. I don't understand actually the mechanics of how it all worked <laughs> I don't know science I'm an actor uh no and, and, and even then like so he's walking and then it like elevates so there's like platforms yeah to, I don't I don't understand science guys all I know is that it was fucking cool so kind of they have like the lioness lion king-esque like um pride rock like some of it comes up a little bit and then comes up another way mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it's it, it's 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 crazy and it translates to the rest of the stage too like there's it's it's big it's colorful it's a lot of money and part of me while watching it was like i feel like they could have scaled back a bit on some of this and we would have really gotten to see some of the quality material here because every now and then I was like this is this is masking a really good song right now this is masking like a really good scene yeah I I absolutely agree um well Josh in the future you and I will produce a scaled back black box version of Shrek and I will choreograph I will Hmm? wonderful so also guys we're doing this via zoom and uh sometimes the connection gets wonky so i'm gonna every now and then ask josh to repeat himself (laughs) and also because he mumbles how about now (laughs) perfect 
so clear. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Fantastic. I, I don't know. I don't know sometimes when you're not speaking if it's because you can't hear me or because you're waiting for me to talk more because I do talk a lot. Oh, no. Sometimes I think it is delayed. So it sounds like I'm not speaking or or like my computer freezes a little bit. So I don't know if you're speaking. That is fair. That is perfectly fair. Uh, technology is both a blessing and a curse, as you've learned from the design elements of Shrek. Yes, very oh. similar. Oh, okay. Here is something. So, the after the opening number, Big Bright Beautiful World, it ends, and Brian Darcy James comes out, and they do a lot of fart jokes. There are a lot of fart jokes in this show. And there are. Love them. Love them. Love, I love 90% of them. There's... <laughs> They're, they introduce all the fairy tale characters and John Tartaglia of Avenue Q fame is Pinocchio. We knew this. Do you know what I did not know? And I don't know if this is a, as, if this is as important to you as it is to me, Jennifer Samard is in this show. Yes, she is. She's the wicked witch. Yes, she is. Wh- when did you make that connection? Um, probably, I feel like it was around like disaster time. Mm-hmm. When, uh, she had that big like nun number and I remember watching that and and then I don't know somehow it came up that she was in Shrek the Musical and I was like who is she and and then of course once you see it you can't unsee it like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true well she came out and something it's I think it was a line reading of hers and I went that sounds not only sounds like voice wise but it was like the acting choice there is something that Jennifer Samard would totally do because it, it was so bonkers and worked so well. Um, yeah, sorry, it blew my mind. And I actually had to pause again and rewind and be like, is that her? And then I went on IBDB and sure enough, it was her. <laughs> You're like, that is her. That is her. I'm glad that that was a big deal for you because- <laughs> Oh, yes, it was. I absolutely, but I don't know. It's something like when you watch something a million times and then you later in life are like, wow, that's that person. I did not even know that. Mm-hmm. Like when you listen to the original cast recording of Hair and all of a sudden you realize that's Diane Keaton singing Black Boys. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, Joshua, that's the difference between you and me. <laughs> but you know what Diane Keaton was not in, Joshua? What was she not in? Shrek, Shrek the Musical. musical. <laughs> so, I don't know why I asked. I knew. <laughs> yeah. You know, See, you know some musical theater history. Yeah, a little uh, bit. <laughs> just just a little bit who was um, in who wasn't in Shrek the musical yes we can we can we can test you on all of these things yeah so i wrote literally one of my notes was this turntable is ginormous and then i wrote jennifer samard is in this show with five exclamation points so uh, so i was very excited this show does a lot of broadway references in the fairy tale oh, yes in the Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Say, say, say what you're gonna say. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say like the Lion King bit and "Don't Let Me Go" and uh, and in travel song too. The, the Lion King bit in travel song when they're when they're oh yes when they're going to uh, the tower. But in the fairy tale number when the when the fairy tale characters sing "Story of My Life," there's a gypsy reference. There's a chorus line reference at the end. Yes, that pause the bump. Mm-hmm. And they're all on the line. Oh uh, yeah. This show loves musical theater, which makes sense as it is a musical. <laughs> that is very true. Yes, I wrote, I wrote discrimination a theme, which 
I guess we touched on earlier, this show deals with discrimination in the way of like ogres against the world, I suppose, and fairy tale characters against Lord Farquaad. Yeah, it really does. That that part I always kind of understood that uh, fairy tale like creatures and because they mm-hmm. ended up singing Freak Flag, and which was awesome. But yeah, there, there are way more <laughs> issues than I've realized. Yeah, I mean, to quote our title character, this musical has layers. Like an onion. Oh, I so I did some research. Did you know that in an early reading of Shrek the Musical, Celia Keenan-Bolger was Fiona? What? Yeah, can you imagine? That I I mean, I feel like she is incredible in everything she does, so I would love to see that. Did you see her in To Kill a Mockingbird? I have not, but I was well, on the list. Well, she's not in the show That's anymore, so. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see, I just needed to see the show in general, but Yeah. No, the show is beautiful. She was very good, and I'm glad she finally won a Tony Award because She's been around forever, and we love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you worked with her brother, Mr. Andrew Keenan-Bolger. Yes, he's amazing. Yes, he is. He was crutchy when you guys made the film together. Yes, I'm so happy I had not worked with him before, so that I'm so happy that he got to come and we got to work together for a little bit. Any stories about Andrew? Um, nothing. I mean, it was so brief. We were only filming for, like, a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I guess they were there for like two weeks. Um, but he's just super nice and professional. And it was fun because he um, he also uh, is a huge photographer and filmer. Um, mm-hmm. So the whole time he was filming for uh, like filming our whole experience and uh, that Disney was producing. Um, so that was cool. It was he's an awesome guy. That's nice. It'll be really awkward if I ask some of the other people involved. I'm like, oh, yeah, tons of Andrew Keenan Bolger stories. Joshua just wasn't there for any of them because we didn't include him. No, this I'm. I like to stir the pot. I like to dig deep. I am. I'm a shit stirrer. Oh, I wrote. There's not really shit to stir here. Well, I mean, maybe not, but that doesn't stop me from trying. I will. Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. Here's something. I wrote thirty minutes in until they finally bring out Sutton Foster. How dare? <laughs> yeah, she does come in pretty late. She does come in late, which is. <sighs> I mean, I get it. Her character, she plays Princess Fiona, who is the princess Lord Farquaad wants to marry. And they do a whole like backstory with her in one song. It's a really great song um, that, yeah. that chronicles her from a child to adulthood as she is locked in this tower waiting for her prince to save her. And she starts, you know, as a child, optimistic, reading fairy tales. And she always likes to skip to the end where the prince saves the, the girl. And by the time we get to Sun Foster age, it's been like 8,000 days and she's going a little crazy. And she's like, can we just skip to the end already? And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a well-structured song. So like, okay. I don't know if I've ever discussed this with you. I don't, I don't know. I tell this to everybody. People love to say about musicals that are not well-written or well-done that they're just fun and like they're just they're not breaking new ground they're just trying to be fun to which i'm like you can still do that and be well structured and be well written and Mm -hmm. i feel like this song is a great example of that it is a well-made song and it's dramatically compelling it's musically good the lyrics are good um 
Yeah, I just, I, I have no notes about this song. I just think it's really fantastic. <laughs> Are you there, God? It's me, Fiona. It's me, Fiona. Now I know he'll appear because there are rules and there are strictures. Yeah, it's, it's like a good insight into her character, how she's, her optimism sort of hinges on these fairy tales that are also kind of a lie, but not at the same time. Cause like she lives in this world of fairy tales. So right. why shouldn't she believe them? Right. It is her real life. Yeah. And, and um, team Fiona, do you know Marissa O'Donnell? Not personally, but uh, yeah, I know of her. We've, we've been in the same circle before. Yeah. She's the bomb. I, I had a fanboy moment. I mean, now she's a good friend, but when I first met her, She's dating one of my friends from Newsy. So it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I know exactly who you are. <laughs> that is, it is weird when people who you saw from a distance and whose work you admired for a long time sort of become part of your everyday or closer to you. It's like, do I get out of the way that I know you and, right. <laughs> and, and then become people? Um, I think I definitely told her right away. <laughs> I, I think. Okay, that's good. Could have, but just, you know, I, she definitely knows that I did. <laughs> I think I told her right away. But that's it is good. a weird boundary because like, some people, I don't know, people handle it differently. And, but yeah. the world also, is, or, you know, this community is also so small. So it's like, yeah. I feel like everybody's seen everything, you know? Yeah. It's, fans, yeah. It's hard to be a fan when it's a small community. I will say there i won't say the name there is uh there is an actress who i met in a social situation and it was like a very small one there was there was no way that i couldn't not speak to her because it was about five of us for about a three-hour period oh wow and i made the decision to not tell her that i knew who she was only because i had just listened to her singing at the gym that day and i was like that is and i wasn't planning to meet her i thought it was going to be four of us and then my friend was like oh yeah so-and-so is bringing her and i went her the girl that i listened to on the elliptical for 30 minutes today cool so i made like a gut decision to not say i knew who she was and there's there's definitely a boundary that you're like i and i'm just gonna make you feel more comfortable and not (laughs) yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna address the elephant in the room which is that i listened to you belt that e nine times today while while i do after this Yes, and I will, and I will do so again tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, it's a weird moment. Uh, did you have a lot of those though? Once you started doing newsies, and then did like Cats and and Bronx Tale, where there were people who were like, I know exactly who you are, and I don't know what to do. Oh, definitely. Um, it's it is a weird like. I guess a lot of the time I don't really, especially working when you're working with people. I guess maybe there was times I'll be like, wow, like you really inspired me. But as far as like fan, fanning about somebody, I try to keep it at a minimal, just go, I'm like, okay, I want to, or at least assess out the situation and be like, are you comfortable if I were to <laughs> mention that I <laughs> listen to you or what, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there were, yeah, because there were a lot of times where I was like, oh, wow, I know exactly who you are. I, mm-hmm. you know, I have you on my phone, you know, on Spotify. Yeah. Or <laughs> and yes, all was... albums. <laughs> who is, is there anybody you've like openly fanboyed over? Just like mm-hmm. all cool, like all cool went out the window. Ah, that I mean, there's so many people. 
I think I got into um, a chorus line pretty late. Like I didn't really know. I knew a lot of the music, but I didn't know the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had someone on our Newsies tour, Michael Gorman, who was in the original company. Um, and I had like, I think I watched a bootleg and I watched every little step on when I was on the Newsies tour. Mm-hmm. And he, he's all over every little step too. And I think I just freaked out. And, and he's the best too. So he was completely understanding, but. It was cool, and it was, then it was cool to talk to him about it. And he's he's so open about talking about his experience and the show and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I definitely was like, <laughs> no cool, no also cool. Because I had just discovered it really too, and so <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. And he's yeah. yeah, he's the best. So he was complete. I felt comfortable <laughs> freaking out a little bit. That's good. Uh, sorry. Um. Oh travel song which has the lion king reference and they do a funny joke of the cow jumping over the moon (laughs) the uh travel song is the song where donkey and shrek go to get fiona um because farquad says to shrek in exchange for getting my princess to for me uh because i don't want to go because she's guarded by a giant dragon uh i will get the fairy tale characters out of your swamp uh there's a lyric that said that is where Shrek sings about the donkey, this ass of mine is asinine. And again, I have no notes. That's just a really great rhyme. It is. <laughs> David Lindsay of Air, y'all. That is a uh, Tony nominee. I think even Pulitzer Prize nominee, David Lindsay of Air. Really, uh, really getting it down. Getting it down and dirty. know why the dragon the character of the dragon is sung by three women do is there a reason i don't know i i oh. don't know i'm asking you you're the one who's oh. watched it many times is like yeah um i i don't really know either i think because i mean it's not i mean it's a not really a pivotal character i guess like it's important but i guess i don't know that was a kind of i guess a cool way of and they're also like hidden in like their her scales yeah. Oh, I don't know if they were just like, let's be creative and be different. <laughs> I don't think there's really reason, though. I guess. I don't know. I, I, mm. I guess it can be confusing, too, because it's three different voices. Like, yeah. Different it's not like they're singing together all the time. See, I, I ask you this because Janine Tesori and David Lindsay Abair are like very prestigious, respected writers. And Jason Moore, who directed it, I looked up all the credits on IBDB so I could be prepared for this episode. Jason Moore, who directed it, also directed Avenue Q. Oh. He, direct, he directed something else on Broadway, I want to say. But he also directed the movie Pitch Perfect. Like, these are not people who just went, eh, let's, let's just do it. I feel like there was a reason behind it. And I, for the life of me, can't figure it out. Yeah, that, I would also love to know that. Is it an allegory for people with uh, multiple personalities? Is it how we, there are facets to all of us and this dragon has literal facets to her voice? Right. (laughs) Will it become a principal role if it's one person? Who knows? (laughs) My God. That is honestly what I think it is. I think you just hit the nail on the head. If we- Yeah, we need to save some, 
we can't pay another principal. Let's uh, split it among three women. Split among three women, and it, it can all, <laughs> they'll they can remain ensemble tracks. I think. Yes. Out- <laughs> God. Featured ensemble. I can't believe that's that's a hundred percent what it is. That's a hundred percent what it is, and I can't believe it took me this long to realize it. Did we crack it? You cracked it, not me. You cracked it. I was like going for what artistically? What are they going for? And you're like, and you're like, money. It's money. <laughs> it's always money. Unfortunately, that turntable requires like nine people to operate it. We're gonna not pay an extra principal contract. That's what it right. is. <laughs> Let's split it up. Yeah. Um. I wrote Sutton Foster is iconic, and I don't know what moment I'm referring to. I. It's when they were rescuing her. I mean, she, all the moments, yeah. But, like, does she, does she do something in the rescue that was super impressive? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, well, she's, like, literally singing and sprinting through, um, like, they're, like, on this, like, ladder kind of thing. And yeah. then they're sprinting throughout, getting chased by guards, and she's, like, singing and belting. Oh, and it, literally at the end of that, all of the chasing stuff, she literally just belts the end of the song. That is true. Probably exhausted. Yes, yes exa- okay. yeah. Once they come and grab her to save her, the whole, yeah. like, the joke is supposed to be that she's like, oh, it's going to be this big, graceful, heroic exit. And Shrek's like, no, we got to get the fuck out of here. Dragon. And she, yeah, and she's like, oh, there's a joke I really like is how she's, like, trying to um, compartmentalize as they're, as they're running away. And it's, did you ever watch Kimmy Schmidt? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know how Kimmy says, um, when she was in the bunker, she used to, like, put her hands up in the air and go, I'm not really here. I'm not really. <laughs> that, like, yeah. that line is pretty much all of this song, where it's just Fiona constantly being like, I'm not really here. I'm not really here. And uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's, like, again, it's funny and it's sad. And But, again, as you said, like, Sutton's just, like, belting the entire time while they're, like, running and chasing, and she's going through this, like, mental breakdown. And I just wrote, she's iconic. Yeah, she's iconic. Who yeah. Um, and then Who I'd Be beautiful beautiful song where shrek sings about how if he could be anyone but him he would be this like heroic person who gets everything in life because as his parents once told him in bright beautiful world it is not for him yeah it's first time you really see shrek you know get being vulnerable and yeah peeling away some of, peeling away some of those layers would you say peeling away some of those onion layers yeah Parfait layers. Parfait layers. Parfait trifle onion layers. Did you notice, this is something that I, when I, I listened to it all the time in the cast album, and I couldn't tell if it was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I ever thought it was, but it really kind of confirmed it when I watched it. In Who I'd Be, there's a moment where Shrek is singing about getting the girl, blah, 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 and he sings, and I'd remove my helmet, and there's a second of silence afterwards before he continues on with the song. Do you notice that? Oh yeah. I, what does that, what does that silence mean for you? I think he's, I think he's just like in this and you know, in the song, he's kind of like dreaming about what he would be if, or what he wants to be. And that's the moment where he's like, Oh, well removing his helmet is, you know, he's revealing again that, Oh, he's just an ogre. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just that him re- realizing, Oh, I'm either afraid to, you know, dream or this is who I am. I can't change that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it is a big moment. It's a great acting moment. And, it is. And I, I remember watching that. I was like, oh God, 
you you just know that any guy who does that song for a college showcase like a senior showcase that second is going to be is going to turn into five seconds so it can be a real acting moment it's it's like i'd remove my helmet second 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 bam we stand there (laughs) they really wanted to uh drill home is that the word i want drive home they want to drive home that that uncertainty that yes (laughs) double-sidedness take it home take it home steven i don't i don't know but his name is steven now So, other thing that I love, you mentioned this when you were doing your recap of the show. I wanted to get to it in this duet with Shrek and Fiona, and I think I got you beat. Oh, yes. Which is a phenomenal song. It is. uh, And has tons of fart humor. Uh, (laughs) It does. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not going to explain it. You explain it. Your obsession. What What happens in this song? What are the two singing about? Um, they're basically singing about just who had it off worse because they are, um, they did have similar situations, but, um, you know, like Shrek was sent away on his birthday and Fiona was sent away on Christmas Eve and yeah, they're basically just like, oh, I got you beat. I had it worse. My mm-hmm. life was worse. And then it leads to the end of the song they're having like a fart off basically. <laughs> yes. What I love about the song is the middle point because they are going off on each other, as you said, who had a worse childhood, who had, you know, more disadvantages. And then they sing their verses again in counterpoint, which Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know music, who didn't take music theory, that is when two separate musical lines go over each other and it somehow fits really well. So as opposed to unison where they're singing the same melody, they're singing two different melody lines. And they the only time they sing in unison is when they both go my dad and mom sent me away mm-hmm. and then the song stops and i go i i watched it i was like ah that's really good writing yeah because it's the moment. moment yeah they go oh. like we have this thing in common like they all of a sudden realize that they do have something in common and it changes the rest of the song and then it goes into there you think it's going to be this big musical climax because they're now singing in unison and it gets interrupted by shrek farting (laughs) only to be topped by what josh fiona farting yes and then it becomes a fart a fart and burp off um which honestly i'm pretty sure that's how sutton foster like gets all of her men And she does it brilliantly. She does. Oh, I totally skipped. There's only one song where Sutton dances. Oh yeah, morning, uh, morning, morning person. person. Yeah, which is I love that number. Yeah, she gets a tap. She gets a tab, but she does some jazz. It's, but again, it's in a two hour and 15 minute musical, Sutton Foster dances once. I say again, how dare. Right, 
we need more. There could have been more. That was the one thing missing missing from Violet was that she wasn't doing, you know, cooter slams the entire time. <laughs> did you see Violet? I did not. Uh, I did like all the music though. Yeah, the music is good. Wait, were you on tour when Violet was happening? When was the Newsies I tour? Think, uh, we started the fall of 2014. Didn't I think we just? I think we started right after it. Yeah, or, that was. Yeah, yeah it was right after. So you could have seen it. You were just lazy. I was lazy. I was still like, like I was busy, but I wish I could have seen it. <laughs> How old were you when you when you started the Newsy store? Uh, eighteen. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, Jesus Christ! So wait, hon, you're you're twenty four now. Yes. Math. I just did math. Everybody. Quick math. That is very impressive of me. Um. Okay. Yes. Morning person. Sutton Foster dances, you thought about college, you didn't go see Violet, and this interview is now over. <laughs> yeah, that's my, my notes actually stopped after I think I got you beat. Um, what does this show mean to you? What did it mean to you when you were a kid? What does it mean to you now? Um, I think then and now, it just, I think it was just a pure example of what joy musical theater and Broadway brought me and brings me and um, I, I remember just the message of Freak Flag too and it, I guess now there are so much or looking watching it again there are many more deeper meanings but um, I think just growing up being like a male dancer and being a freak I guess you could say like mm-hmm. it just was a, a show that spoke to me and was fun and it wasn't anything deeper than wasn't you know it wasn't a deep show so I just enjoyed it and it, yeah it's everything every like big crazy thing that I love about Broadway yeah and what does it mean to you now does it resonate that same way for you now yeah I um although maybe I view it differently sometimes I think even just like listening to the music again it just brings me back to then especially now that I'm older it's an it's like kind of a comfort thing listening hmm. to the music again it just reminds me of you know, all that joy it brought me. So if there's ever a hard time, because this business is, has its ups and downs, mm-hmm. listening to that music is definitely like something that brings me comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. <laughs> uh, that That's very sweet. Is there a song you kind of come back to a lot? Hmm. I guess Who I'd Be is probably like the one I would listen to the most. Yeah. Is that the one where you like go into your room and like, stare in the mirror and start to cry while you listen yeah put a helmet on (laughs) put a helmet on light it light a candle and just stare at yourself while you cry light a candle invite two people over to sing the harmonies with me Mm -hmm. uh that is that is truly you know theatrical friendship just can you come over i need someone to sing the harmonies and the counterpoint with me you got it buddy don't look at me let me let me (laughs) Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Emotions. Don't look at me. Um, is there a song that you have come to like more over time since since you started? Like maybe one that you kind of you might have liked it, but now you sort of appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, uh, that's actually a good question. I need to look through the soundtrack real quick and the cast album real quick. Soundtracks are for film, Joshua. <laughs> um. Honestly, 
I think I got you beat. Yeah. And build a wall. I like that. Uh, yeah. Build a wall's yeah. good. Yeah. I think before it, it's towards the end of the show and as a kid, you're, I don't know, tension spans are, are shorter. So watching mm-hmm. it, I, it's one of those things like, okay, now listening to it and it has more meaning. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's sensible. Were you, were you already, a th- you were already a theater kid when you saw Shrek. Yeah. Cause you said you knew Sutton Foster. Um, yeah. Was this, did this just sort of like help cement that passion for theater? Oh, definitely. I think because I grew up dancing that was always like something that uh, was something I was really passionate about. And I was, and I loved theater, but I just, you know, I, we didn't really have like a lot of theater programs around me. So I wasn't, it wasn't something I was surrounded by all the time. So every time I would see a show, I think it would spark more and more interest in, yeah, I would, I would, that just helped helped me uh, learn more and inspired me to learn more about theater. That's beautiful. So yeah, Shrek was definitely one that I was like, that was part of that journey. Part of the, part of that journey. Part of the journey. If you were to be cast in it, who would you want to play? Would you want to play Shrek or is there another part you want to play? Oh, and I would love to play Pinocchio. Um, I think that would be a fun role. Yeah, that's a nice princess track. Yeah. And it's silly and yeah, I think Pinocchio. Mm. Would you ever want to like helmet yourself? Would you, is that, is being behind the scenes something you'd be interested in doing? Oh yeah, definitely. So you, you this would be a show that you would put up one day if you had the opportunity? Oh, absolutely. I would have so much fun. Yeah. Would you be able to do it without the turntable though? That would be difficult because, you know, it is so incredible. It I think is... I would have to make it work. I think you would have to be in a black box, but with the turntable. <laughs> <laughs> I will. No costumes. No costumes. Barely any lighting. The whole budget's going to the turntable. <laughs> Just to the no. turntable. That would... No mics. No, no mics. I mean, really barely an orchestra too. It's mostly just a xylophone. <laughs> yeah, and a piano. And a piano. It's like the Fantastics meets Les Mis. <laughs> Which, honestly, I would pay money to see. So, you know, start thinking about that now. Take this time in quarantine to plan it out. And when we're out of here, you can start pitching at the theaters. Perfect. I'll get a cast together. Mm-hmm. It'll be, <laughs> and you can, you can even be Pinocchio. You know, you can do both. Yes, director, producer, choreographer, Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I think that's where we should probably close this out today. Is that all right with you? Yes, thank you so much for letting me share my love for Shrek the Musical. You're welcome. Is there anything we didn't touch on with this that you wanted to touch on? I don't think so. I think that everybody should go on Netflix and watch it because... Because <laughs> it's fun. Because it's fun. And like, what else? Like, A, what else are you going to do? And sometimes you need a little escapism, you know? Yeah, it's a great escape and it's just a good time and I think we should uh we should all be a little Shrek the musical fans. <laughs> I thought you were gonna use an adjective and then you just you you went the other way, which is honestly that's the whole thing about Shrek that I like. You think it's gonna go one way and it goes another. It goes the other way. Yes. Uh Josh, where can people find you online should they want to find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Joshua Burridge. Um, no uppercase or any other special things. Um, and on Twitter as Joshua Burridge 3. 
there are two other Joshua Burridges? I don't know what happened to Twitter. I don't know if I just, I love the number three. So I don't know if I was like, let me just throw a three on here. That would, or that would if, uh, if there was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a mystery. If anyone can find out if there are other Joshua Burridges on Twitter, that'll be. Let us know. Yes, that let Maybe please I let us know. So long ago that I yeah I can't even remember why I added the three in there. I mean, it's it's a mystery. But if someone can figure it out, we'd be pleased. I mean, Josh figured out the mystery of the three singers in the dragon. Maybe that's why. Maybe you did it to pay homage to those ensemble tracks. The three, the three ladies. Yes. Um, Josh, we end every episode with a Broadway diva. Any musical Broadway diva you would like to pick to close us out today? Hmm. Can you think of anybody obscure? Let's think. I mean, there's Patti Lapone. Mm-hmm. Super obscure there. Super obscure. I don't really know what much obscure. I'm trying to think. I wish we could add um, Jennifer Samard on the list. Um, I'm pretty sure we can. Right. I know. We can totally do Jennifer Samard. Why not? uh, Person. Wait, what? I feel like that's a relevant person to this. uh... Yeah. Yeah. She's totally relevant. Are you you kidding me? Fantastic. Well, thank you, Josh, for joining me today. This has been a lovely little Zoom sesh. Thank you so much. That was so fun. Uh, Yeah, we all had a blast. Um, Until next time, guys, make sure to like and subscribe the pod. That's what helps people find us on the iTunes. It's a little thirsty to ask, but hey, we're in quarantine. What else are you going to do? And this is Jennifer Samard. Until next time, uh, keep listening and enjoying. Bye, everybody. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.